passion for sport. This is Cameroon Roars. It's our daily look at what's happening at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon. And I'm Steve Vickers. It's day 27 today with Egypt having knocked out the hosts on penalties to set up a final against Senegal on Sunday. We analyse the Pharaohs' penalty shootout win against Cameroon. Also we hear from Burkina Faso forward Bertrand Traore on their semi-final exit. So Egypt beat Cameroon 3-1 on penalties at the Olembe Stadium in Yaoundé on Thursday after it was 0-0 after extra time, setting up a final against Senegal, meaning Liverpool teammates Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane will face each other. For the home fans, Cameroon will play Burkina Faso in the third and fourth place playoff. Well, the Egypt-Cameroon semi-final was low on entertainment. Cameroon had the better of the chances, but missed three penalties in the shootout. I'm joined by African football expert Solis Chuku in Lagos in Nigeria. Uh, was the pressure too much in the penalty shootout, Solis? Pressure is a double-edged sword, and we saw that play out at the end of the day. It just seemed, first of all, this was a really disappointing game. Um, Cameroon were marginally the better side, they had the better chances, but even in that first half where, when they made most of their play, you could see that there was this sense that they were really tight and the, the occasion almost seemed to weigh on them a little bit. They weren't fluid with their passing, a lot of their touches were loose, you know, the sort of things that they were doing earlier in the tournament and it was coming off. On the day, it just looked really, they just looked really leggy and almost short of their usual swagger um, in terms of their overall play. And even though they were creating those chances, there were scuff finishes, you know, ball the ball being dragged. And it just seemed really lethargic for some reason from Cameroon, even though they were the side who had more of the ball. They seemed to be forcing it, and it wasn't natural, it wasn't smooth. Um, Egypt, on the other side, pretty much were offering nothing in this game. And, and that was the real disappointment. We ended up with a game where, you know, the side that wanted to engage were not feeling it on the day. And the other side didn't want to engage. They just wanted as much as possible to hunker down and wait for a mistake. And to be fair, that strategy almost paid off for them in the second half uh, with that short back pass from um, Hellas Verona's Martin Ongla. Um, Mohamed Salah really should have... That's the sort of chance you'd expect, you'd expect him to pounce on. But him messing that up just served as a microcosm for this game, which was, like I said, quite poor, quite disappointing. And it just seemed like once the game got to like the 75th minute mark and there were no goals, it just seemed to be sliding inexorably toward penalties. You just knew we were going to get there eventually. I think this performance from Cameroon... The defeat, yeah, would be really crushing, but even more than the defeat, it would be the sense that they did not do themselves justice. They had the quality, they had the personnel, they had the technical ability to beat this Egypt side, who were not great, apart from their great penalty box defending. They were, they did not play really well. When it got to the penalty shootout, I mean, I, I'm sure they practiced these things. I'm sure they, they came up with an order of penalty takers and they settled on the right people to take these kicks based on their records in training. But I thought some of the choices were really bizarre. Uh, Clinton Nji, for example, who missed the decisive kick. One of the criticisms that has been levied against him for a very long time is that he has a lot of talent, but he, does, he doesn't seem as emotionally invested in the national team as a lot of other players do for all of his talent, for all of his, of his ability. So putting a player like that to take a penalty kick just seemed like a bad idea from the start. And then um, you had um, James Elias Leakey from, from Rennes, great player too, but again, another one who doesn't quite seem to feel it 
um, in terms of like what it means, what this Cameroon side stands for, and the history, the pedigree of this Cameroon side. They don't seem to have that. And I know this can seem a little bit like sta- like scapegoating, but ultimately you were left with that sense that you know when the stakes were really high, Cameroon the personalities to really take the game by the scruff of the neck. Cameroon didn't seem to have that personality on the day, and the players who did did not step up to take kicks for some reason. So um, yeah, we have a final now, Egypt versus Senegal, which really part of the reason why why a lot of people were rooting for Cameroon, by the way, was. More about the fact that a final between Senegal and Cameroon was definitely going to be more high quality. Um, kudos to Egypt, though. They've gotten this far. Um, they haven't won a knockout game in 90 minutes, but at the same time, no one has been able to beat them. And here they are in the final of the Africa Cup of Nations. Kudos to them. Kudos to Carlos Queiroz, who um, got sent to the stands. Um, it seems unlikely that he'll be um, on the sidelines for the final, but um, they'll be facing a Senegal side who has an extra day's rest and who are extra motivated um, by the fact that they've never won this title before and they will not have a better chance than they do right now. Like I said, they have an extra day's rest and they're also playing a side who has come through three extra time periods in the knockout round. So Senegal, have, they have the freshness advantage. They have the motivation. They have to really deliver at this point. So can Senegal win their first Africa Cup of Nations title? We'll find out on Sunday. Let's go back to the first semi-final now where Senegal beat Burkina Faso 3-1 on Wednesday. Here's the Burkina Faso and Aston Villa forward Bertrand Traore speaking to Oluwashina Okaleji after the match. We are really down. We are, it's a yeah, disappointed result for us. We wanted to play this final, but yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, we don't have really time to stay down. We have to try to speak to ourselves and get our, our put our heads up and then get ready to get the third place. Yeah, what do you think went wrong for your team today? Uh, I think it's just about small details. The, the score, we push, we try to score, and then small mistake, they've scored two up front, we try to come back, and then after in the counter, they scored the third one. So, yeah, it's a semi-final, it's all about small details, and it's a big team with big, with big players on their side. We know it's not, it was not going to be easy. But, uh, yeah, we pay our mistakes and then we need to learn from that. To finish third is different than finish fourth. So we'll try to get at least a medal. That's Burkina Faso and Aston Villa forward Bertrand Traore. So the Stallions made it to the semi-finals for the third time in their past four Nations Cup appearances. They were runners-up in 2013, they were third in 2017, and they'll be either third or fourth this time around. A really an amazing achievement for the Camu Malo coach team, Salis. Absolutely, Steve. Um, it's important, really, for coaches like Kamumalo, like, you know, Alucise with Senegal to flourish and succeed with the national teams because it sends a message, a very clear one to African, you know, FA heads that they are capable hands on the continent who can lead the national teams to success. Uh, for many years now, we've seen African national teams are sort of beholden to, um, the expertise that comes from Europe or elsewhere and they sort of rely on these expatriate coaches who come in on big salaries and you know are not really that committed to the job or even if they are committed they really cannot grasp the import of the national team to the indigenous population. I think that's one of the advantages of having these coaches is that they understand what the national team means and the expectations that you know people have of these national teams and those 
you know, come into play when they're trying to formulate their playing style in such a way that, you know, it gives not just results but also satisfaction to the people back home. I've been really impressed with Kamumalo and his deployment of what it must be said is a very talented Burkina Faso side. Um, they're really young. I think there's a lot of upside in this team and Malo has handled them really well. They are not, they don't have the most experience that any team can have, but what he's done very um, cleverly is he's used his options specifically to combat certain threats or to exploit certain opposition. So throughout the tournament, Burkina Faso have not kept an unchanged lineup. And um, you're tempted to look at that and think it's indecision. But when you look at the way the matches play out, it's very clear that Malo's idea is to use certain tools for certain part, uh, certain assignments. And um, it's an approach that got Burkina Faso all the way to the semi-final. Um, they are making a real habit now of making these deep runs in AFCON. And I think if this team can continue to grow together under his tutelage, we could see um, Burkina Faso really cement themselves as... Um, one of the top sides in African football. To, to this point, they've sort of yo-yoed. You know, they, they have tremendous success at AFCON and then they're almost a non-factor in the next edition and then they come up again. But if they are to have sustained success, I think this has to be the blueprint. Keep Malone in the job and keep this group of players together and let them grow alongside one another. And the early signs are really good and really promising, not just for Malo, but for the prospects of African coaches all over the continent. Yeah, indeed. Uh, thanks, Solis. That's Solis Chuku in Lagos. We'll go deeper on this on tomorrow's show, assessing how the local coaches have done versus the foreign coaches at the AFCON. Well, this is Cameroon Roars, brought to you by Passion for Sport, show coming to you every day throughout the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations online, on radio and on our app. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And our website is planetsport.tv and in the blog section there, Russ Bravo has a blog called Spare a Thought for the Ref, how it's a thankless job being a referee and how we all need the courage and the wisdom that referees should have. And as we come towards the end of the AFCON, to let you know that we have a weekly show on African football called Planet Sport Football Africa, broadcast on various stations around Africa and beyond on radio, and available every Friday online and on our app. And also, of course, there's another big football tournament this year, the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. We'll be bringing you special programs during the World Cup. So there's lots to look forward to after the Nations Cup ends. There's the final playoff round of the World Cup qualifiers for Africa on next month. Also, we're seeing many of the AFCON stars returning to their English Premier League clubs. Now, Nigeria midfielder Ogunekaro Peter Etebo missed the AFCON due to a serious injury that he got back in September. He's missed most of the season with his new Premier League club, Watford. He had seven appearances before the injury. But Etebo is now back in training. He could feature in the Super Eagles World Cup qualifying playoff tie against Ghana, and he could be back with Watford any time. Etebo is on loan from championship side Stoke. He told Oluwashina Okaleji about the feeling of playing in the English Premier League. Well, uh, I'm happy. I'm excited because, uh, as we all know, like the Prem is one of the best in the world. It's been rated as the best in the world. Uh, I was an opportunity to get the, the the vision then when I was in Stoke. Like then I had a pre-contract. I already signed a pre-contract with Watford, but it was you know the terms and the conditions still give to me that oh they're going to go back as soon as possible to the Prem and all that. But it's football; anything can happen. 
but the same, I'm here, I'm here. So, like, I had a good relationship with them because, you know, they've been on my case, like, for a very long time. So I spoke with the president, the club directors, and they're happy. So it's a, it's a team of joy for me. Like, you know, it's, it's a great achievement for me playing in the Prem. And to play alongside some of your um, international competitors like um, William Trust Ekong, Emmanuel Dennis, and they've called you guys the Nigerian on it. <laughs> and I, I guess you're enjoying that. Yeah, yeah, they, in short, not just Nigerian because the team, they are full of black guys yeah. as well. So the thing is, uh, we are happy and then they are doing well as well. As you can see, you're following all the games. Dennis is playing, Ekong is playing as well. So, I'm happy for everyone. When people back home in Africa are watching the English Championship, they said it's the most expensive and the most um, expensive promotional playoff when you watch everything and all that. But for someone like you, you've played in the league itself. Tell us how difficult is playing in the English Championship because, I mean, you're playing over 40-something games and you're playing cup games. The last time I spoke to you, you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really difficult. Not just me, but ask anyone who has played in championship like they're going to tell you like the championship is very difficult and the prem because you know imagine you're playing three games in a week you play weekend midweek weekend and then you're playing 46 games that exclude the cup game so if you're including the cup games you're playing the season 50 something games so calculate the premiership games that's like if you add some more games that's like two seasons <laughs> yeah. so it's very like it's very difficult it's it's a championship whereby you know like if you need to contest because if you're not there Trust me, you're going to go to League One. Look, imagine some teams that have gone to the like Sunderland, the likes of Sheffield Wednesday as well. Mm. Last two seasons, they were mm. battling to promote to the Prem. See where they are now. Yeah. They went to League One. So it's really difficult. Like, you know, you need to make sure that uh, if you want to play every game, you need to take every game serious. If not, believe me, I can guarantee you're going to relegate to League One. But <laughs> it's very difficult. Ask anyone that I've played in the Championship. Really, really difficult. On the international front, the last World Cup in Russia didn't go well for the Super Eagles, everyone would say. I bet um, you guys want to, you know, winning and qualifying for, um, for the World Cup. Yeah, the the last World Cup didn't go well. Consider the diamond goal, which <laughs> make us be knocked out from the, the next round. Mm. But again, we need to take it step by step because, first of all, we're playing the qualifiers and, you know, we need solidarity and all that, but it's everyone wants to play in the World Cup. That's every player's dream. So I'm <laughs> going to say to anyone, the most important thing is just this World Cup qualifier. We need to focus on this because it's important. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell some players, if you ask them, choose between the World Cup and the Nations Cup, 99% is the World Cup. Oh. Me, for sure. <laughs> for example, I'm going to go, like, I'm going to go for the World Cup because, you know, that's every player's mm-hmm. dream. But still, that doesn't mean that the AFCON is not important, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that's the Nigeria and Watford midfielder Ogene Karo Peter Etebo speaking to Oluwashina Akaleji. That's it for the show for today. Thanks for listening. From me, Steve Vickers, and from Solis Chuku, the show's back again tomorrow. And Cameroon Roars is a Passion for Sport production.